Yo. To me again. Bitch and weekend up in San Francisco, let me tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you that in a second. Um like uh talk about Vin Scully for a second or two or three. Um he just passed away. And that's uh look, he was ninety-four. And seemingly these people are like alive, alive when you see them. And uh, it just shows you can kind of go at any time. I think his his name is Ralphie from What's Eating Gilbert Grape used to say that. I can go at any time, Gilbert. But I'm not trying to make light. I'm just just saying. And... uh, you know, he made it to 94 years old. And it's actually kind of amazing he made it that long, considering his wife passed last year. And uh, look, there's people that have died within minutes of their loved one. And when you've been with somebody for a long, long time, And let's just say you're lucky enough to be with that person willingly and enjoy that time. That's a part of you gone. So, uh, you know, he he lived about a year longer than I would have if my lady died. Because, you know, we're attached at the hip. And we share a lot. And so I can just imagine that relationship that's way longer than ours. How he survived that long. So Vince Scully, RIP, man. Um, he retired, I guess, I think it was in 2016 from the broadcasting end. And uh, didn't seem like it was that long already. And uh, man, I mean, you want to talk about the voice for me? That's it. Like, I look, I'm the walking, talking, fucking contradiction when it comes to baseball and shit. I'm a Dodger fan. Tell? No. But I'm a Will Clark fan too. But Vince Goley's a guy that we grew up with, man. Um, and I can remember him on other networks doing other sports and uh, I, I believe he was probably the biggest thing in broadcasting sports broadcasting Vin Scully uh he'll be missed so that that's uh that's a sad day for uh Dodger fans and sports fans so uh here let's you know Will Clark came to town a few times where I know Will Clark from, beating the Dodgers up. But this is what he wrote on his Twitter. To Vin Scully, a true gentleman and class act of our sport, it was my pleasure getting a chance to know such a legend and to be around such a wonderful gentleman. Rest in peace, my friend. So that's uh, Will Clark right there. Uh, I'm gonna kinda, let's see what else. 
Let's see what other people have to say. Let's see. Justin. Justin Turner. Let's see what one of the Dodgers has to say about this. Oh, of course, it's not saying anything. Either way, you know what, Vince Scully, uh, I mean, dude, I, I'm just pulling up a picture right here. If you can even see that. This guy was around. That's Jackie Robinson. I mean, I, the resolution might be really crappy with the lights, but Jackie, I mean, Vince Scully is uh, decades upon decades upon decades with the Dodgers and uh, what he got to see with his own eyes and call with his, you know, with his mouth was some of the most legendary stuff. So anyways, RIP Vince Scully, like I said, that's pretty sad. All right, well, let's see what's going on right here. Oh, uh, we got Sean Bettingfield. Hello from Brentwood. Uh, he mentioned his uh, in-law died 50, 50 years died one day. Uh, yeah, talking about what I was talking about, the person your relationship with when they pass um, died one day apart. See, that's what I'm saying, man. That's a... Uh... So anyways, yeah, uh... So on to the next, uh, Juan Soto, he's a Padre now. That's uh, big news in the baseball world. Uh, Padres are, you know, look, they're, they've been going in. They've been all in for a minute just to be the Dodgers' son still. Uh, but... Only time will tell. Juan Soto is a good player, great player, and uh, look, team chemistry is where I I think uh, things are won. When when teams are successful, it's because personalities are right. And uh, frankly speaking, seemed like a hard to do with the players on the Padres, but only time will tell. Juan Soto is a smile guy, and uh, maybe that'll be infectious for the team. You know, like maybe I'll get Manny Machado running out ground balls. I don't know. But that's the biggest news in baseball at this point. Uh, but we'll just get right to it. The biggest news in baseball for me happened this past weekend in San Francisco, July 30th, at Oracle Park. Well, am I covering up my damn microphone? Probably shit all right oracle park now uh i've been planning this 
for two years now, and uh, this is uh, the the Will Clark retirement ceremony. I didn't plan it. I planned to be there. And COVID screwed that up. And they just got to it uh, this past weekend. And let me tell you, that shit was fucking badass. Dude. I mean, if you saw my episode art, if you want to call it, for today's show, you see that uh, lineup of Clark jerseys pissing away in the stalls. I wish I knew where that photo came from. There were so many photos popping up from what was going on that day, and I saw that tonight. I, I forget. I'll find out and give credit. But that that picture kind of summed up the the entire feel of the stadium that that day it was look coming from a nostalgia perspective it, it was it was it it was absolutely it it hit it hit all the the right buttons for a person um from uh that's kind of like losing interest in the current game. For whatever reason, I'm losing interest. You know? And as a Dodger fan, I got all the reason of the world to just be like, yeah, man, baseball's fucking great. Like, the Dodgers are so... The Dodgers are good every year. <clears throat> and that being said, put themselves in a place to get to the playoffs, which gets you to the World Series. But I don't know. Maybe I don't even really want to get into it because that's uh, it, just like a downer. So this weekend hit all the right buttons. <laughs> I've been around Oracle Park a couple times, but I've never been to a game there. And the stadium is amazing the the atmosphere is amazing uh that day the number 22's on 85% of the people that were wearing jerseys freaking amazing and i really 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 believe that that's uh look in this world where the information moves so fast, like you go on Instagram and it's like 50,000 pictures in a day. It's, it's like, it's easy to forget something that just happened yesterday with the bombardment of information and visual stimulation that were given daily. So it was really, really cool to see all of the focus on a player from the past 
but who is so current uh well for the fans in uh in san francisco and that that organization um omnipresent and to see him appreciated with them retiring his number look i don't think this was just a sign of gratitude to i mean yeah it is gratitude towards will clark why they're doing but i I, maybe it's the owner of the team. Maybe it's the president of the team. He said it best when he was, you know, when they were getting ready to bring Will Clark onto the field for the ceremony. He said it like this. He goes, quote, end quote. Will Clark has earned his place on that wall. And he said it with, you know, he said every word like that. And I I believe it. It's been, I mean, long, long overdue, if you ask me. If you ask somebody like Eric Burns. If you ask somebody like my mutual friend with Will Clark, Josh, who was sitting right next to Eric Burns. If you asked every number, if you if you asked every person wearing the number 22 on that on their back that day, long overdue. And so see that finally happened was 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 fucking dope, dude. And uh I have friends up in San Francisco. And so I was able to meet them up there, and uh, they showed me the, the 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 stadium. They showed me the ins and outs, where to, where we could eat, this, this, and that. So it was really cool to not just go up there blindly and try and figure it out at the stadium. So, uh, so yeah, Jeff and Kim, if you ever come across this show, appreciate you guys. Um, and they've been there for me every time I, I go to San Francisco. So yeah, uh, it was it was really cool. The ceremony was great, and I don't know if you've uh, seen Will Clark's speech or got any snippets from it, but uh, maybe <laughs> right next to Lou Gehrig's speech, it, it's up there. It was epic. Yeah, so that, that that's pretty dope, man. Um, and if you got to be there, geez, I mean, I couldn't even talk. Um, what was that? It was Saturday, Sunday? I, I didn't have any voice. I was so pumped. Uh, I mean, I was screaming my freaking brains out. And if you follow me on Instagram. I was trying to keep it pretty, uh, trying to keep the ceremony flowing on my social medias. So if you weren't there, you got to see some of that. Yeah. Now, (laughs) it's funny. When we had left, um, I drove a motorhome up there, so I'm like trying to navigate that beast through 
<clears throat> excuse me, like Berlin game and streets of San Francisco flipping bitches in that mofo. Trying to find my way around. But once we got to the end of the parking at uh, Oracle, we got the best parking in the house. So it's like we parked, you can see the stadium right there. Walked back and forth a couple times, met some friends, hung out in the RV. What kind of way to do it? Shit. With that gas, though. Way too expensive. Oof. Having to fill that thing up was like, damn, boy. But my lady enjoyed herself, too. So all around, it was great. Oh, what my lady had said. She thought, this is how she phrased it, too. She goes, I thought it was, I thought it was so weird seeing everybody in your outfit. <laughs> and uh, that outfit being... A number 22 Giants jersey on the regular. Or one of those. Shit. Um, yeah, there was tons of stuff to buy at the park, but um I didn't go too crazy. Got a couple things uh for the Clark collection. <laughs> so this is one of the I feel like there were might there might have been three pins. Can you even see that, dude? This. Anyways, there's a pin on my hat from the stadium. And there were two more. And while I was in line, I watched them go and be sold out in front of my very eyes. So that's the one that was available. And I snatched it up. Sick ass patch. Don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do with it, but it'll go somewhere in this in this uh, collection here. But that is dope. Shit is that's a real patch. I might be able to. Let's see. I'd be able to heat press it to one of those jerseys back there. So possibilities. Excuse me. There wasn't even a giveaway. Can you believe that? Or or maybe that's just me expecting shit. But there wasn't a giveaway. But they had these things right here. These were just, I guess, this was the giveaway. And uh, these little gizmos right here, those were for the eye black. And I saw a bunch of people walking around with the Will Clark eye black. And uh, that was, like I said, the the atmosphere was like, it was like being in a time warp back to, I don't know, let's say 86 to 1993. I mean, I was, uh, I was a teen, teen, 12 years old to 19. Will Clark was there. And I think I became a fan about 89. And that was literally, like I said, watching. A, it seemed like Will Clark owned the Dodgers. 
that was my exposure right there. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm like <laughs> the description of my show says something about my buddy Jeremy coming on, and I'm like, is this happening? I don't know. Been a been a second since we talked, but uh, yo Jeremy, just hit the knock button if you pop up on the stream. Now, down here in the Los Angeles area, you know, um, it seemed like you tend to like the stars of the local teams. Like, yeah, like when it came to basketball, for me, it was all about the, the Showtime Lakers and Kareem and Magic with the Dodgers, you know, my favorite players were like Mike Sosha and Steve Garvey, Fernando Valenzuela. All the way to, the, to today where, you know, Clayton Kershaw is my favorite Dodger and I like a lot of the Dodgers. So uh, it was kind of like, I don't know. It, it always seemed like the one, the kid that liked the, like my buddy Alfredo, whose favorite teams in New York Yankees. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sometimes you just like the team from the other side where you were shot out. I respect that. Yeah. Why not? I mean, you don't have to like any certain team, right? You don't. It's not, I mean, Nobody's forcing you to like anything. So wearing the San Francisco Giants hat, once I discovered Will Clark, it just kind of like, it, it, it made me a Giants fan by default. I mean, if, you, if you're wearing a hat all the time, you just assume that that's what it is. But I didn't care. I didn't care one bit. And it was also cool because I have friends that were huge Will Clark fans. So there was this little three-man crew of huge Will Clark fans at Monrovia High School. And it was, of course, myself, my friend Ryan, and my friend Bernie. And Bernie is since left the earth r.i.p brother <laughs> so my, my buddy ryan who's still around those guys were kind of like with me in spirit up there like like big time bernie would be shitting his pants if he wasn't shitting his pants in burno heaven about this because we've been talking about this for look i believe the yankees retired don mattingly's number as soon as he was retired yeah i mean and i felt like will clark had that impact on the giants 
at the time he was playing for them. So, yeah, the fact that they let 22 players wear that number was pretty crazy. Or planned, but you never know what happens. You got to do things when people, when people are still alive. Pete Rose into the Hall of Fame while he's still alive. Just side note. Different, different topic, different show. But yeah, so uh, to be able to uh, to to witness that with my own eyes was really was really dope. Uh, and my mom, my mom said it because uh, I posted some of the video on my YouTube channel. My mom said, "I'm glad you were able to go." To this once in a lifetime thing, and it was the, that was the day. If you didn't get to see it that day and be there, you missed it. That, that's how life works. I mean, you 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 see some things and you don't. And uh, um. I'm going to like kind of veer off, but not. It's still within context. Look, I wanted to document this with pictures and video because it's a big moment to me. All right. But there's a. And look, I might be making a big deal about this when it ain't when it's not a big deal because it doesn't seem like half the people out there viewing events don't care. But when capturing stuff with your camera, it's like you're focusing on a different end of it, okay? And so, like, that's like for a photographer, that's what a photographer does. They are there to snap photos. And a good photographer captures that. I mean, some of the pictures that were taken of Will Clark coming out of the dugout and waving to the crowd to where photographers are, are artists, good ones. So for me, I wanted to capture a lot of it with video and, you know, still shots. But I still wanted to really be there in the moment. You know what I'm saying? And so this is what I tried. And it's why some of my, it's probably why some of my fucking videos sucks balls. It's because I was trying to watch the field while it was happening. And you know, filming the the jumbotron with my camera as best as I could while looking. Because I've, I've been to concerts in this post-camera-having era, like on you all the time, on your cell phone is what I'm getting at. I've been to concerts, and I see people looking into their phone 
filming an event that they're standing at and they can see it with their own eyes. So look, yeah, I want I want the pictures, but I wanted the real memory. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not the fuck me, dude. Jesus fuck. I just overthink shit. I just overthink shit. But like I said, I wanted to see, I wanted to watch it on the field best. And have the pictures for memories later when I'm not remembering shit on my own, I guess. Anyways. But yeah, um, watching uh, the people on the field that Will Clark thanked and remembered. I mean, shit, dude, it was Kevin Mitchell, 1989 MVP. Masher, dude. Boogie Bear. Dave Dravecki, who was a pitcher on the Giants at the time. And he has a very inspirational story himself. Barry Bonds was there. As Will Clark stated, the best player he's ever seen in his entire life. Robbie Thompson second baseman for the Giants. Him and Will Clark played together the entire time Will Clark was there. Uh, let's see. Jeffrey Leonard, the Hackman, former teammate of Will Clark's and the Giants. And as Will Clark said, one of the big reasons the Giants made it to the playoffs in 87. Buster Posey, look, uh, I don't know what happened. I'm, I'm not quite understanding what happened, but there was a period of time when there were certain Giants ownership and Will Clark was not allowed, was not allowed. I don't know what that was, was not allowed back at the stadium. And then I think he said it was either 2008 or 2009. He was finally allowed to be a part of the Giants organization again. I don't know what happened. But that's kind of that's weird. Um, and so Denny was let back. And, I, you know, and Will Clark seemed, like I said, since then is a pretty present a figure in the in the Giants organization from the minors all the way up to the big club. So Buster Posey probably had the privilege of getting the talk and chop it up and do do that baseball stuff with Will the Thrill <clears throat> as he was uh I don't know <clears throat> I would have to say Buster Buster Posey was the leader of the Giants. Catcher, big bat, three World Series championships. And uh, it's nice that Will Clark gets to feel like he's part of the whole winning ways of the Giants, you know, post-playing days. 
And then there was a, I believe it was a locker room manager, clubhouse manager, forget the name, looked like a sweet old man. And it looked like Will Clark loved that guy, like, like, uh, like a family member. So, and then Will Clark's family was there and, uh, Eric Burns that he does the podcast deuces wild with was there. And, uh, a guy named Josh. And Josh is who I know. I know Josh. Uh, and he's actually the reason that I, I've gotten to meet Will Clark and uh, whatnot. So, uh, like I said, beautiful event. Um, it looked like emotions were running high. As they should, you know. Uh, I think Will Clark really loves the Giants organization, and uh, well, look, it looks like they loved him right back, and it, it was it was amazing to see an entire stadium be on that Will Clark shit. I mean, yeah, because I appreciate I, I I appreciated his entire career as a player. I mean, some people appreciate just the Giants years and then when you move on to the next team it's the next guy and this is like this is going back to what I was talking about like keeping keeping the memory alive in this era of fucking shit moving fast so um so yeah Will Clark he's uh in between Monty Irvin and Willie Mays You know, as the retired number, so dope, 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 dope. Now, said it once, I've said it a million times, I'm a Dodger fan. Dodgers need to retire number 30 fucking four. Mm, shame, 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 you guys taking so fucking long. Tell you what. But. The locker room manager of the Dodgers has not allowed that number to be issued. So it's like in a quasi not available stage, but not retired yet. You don't need to be a Dodger fan to know Fernando Valenzuela's importance to Major League Baseball as well as the Los Angeles Dodgers organization. And believe me, fans that he procured starting in 1979-80, they're still coming to the game. They need to appreciate that. He's the, still the greatest Mexican player to ever play in the major leagues. Do it, Dodgers. Do it. Do it. <laughs> don't know if you've ever been to pacifica california but if you ever get a chance like i just said before do it do it um wow it's on a cliff holy fucking shit so me, 
look, I try not to worry as a person. I, I try not to. I try to, I try to stay right in the middle, okay? Now, when it comes to earthquakes and seismic activity and land moving, my head, my, my, I start to get twisted up. And so we pull into this RV park in our first, uh, so we, we spend Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and left Tuesday. Okay. Four nights. The first night was in one, no, first two nights were in one spot. And that's kind of away from the cliff. But it didn't take me two days to realize what the fuck <laughs> was going on. So we're taking the dog for a walk. And we get to the fenced area. Yeah, okay, fenced area. Uh, yeah, sure, why not? There's a fucking cliff right there. But then I'm looking just beyond the, the, the fence line. And what I'm noticing is, is, oh, there were RV parking spots right there. <laughs> and then they fucking fell off into the ocean. Yeah, yeah, all right. So, sheer cliff, psh, ocean. Psh, psh. So I'm like, okay, okay, yeah. Um, now I'm thinking about stuff like I'm thinking about erosion. I'm not a fucking geologist. Why am I thinking about erosion? Nobody else in these RV spots right now, nobody's thinking about erosion. They're thinking about, wow, this is a beautiful fucking spot with an ocean view. Tastes like salt in the air. It's cool outside. It's beautiful. Me, I'm thinking about erosion, and I'm thinking about this fucking cliff falling down. For, for three days. Like a fucking neurotic mess. But, but not expressing this to my significant other. Who is absolutely one of those people. Enjoying every moment of this picturesque place. And then I start going on the internet. I'm like, I, I want to know when this mountain fell down, this cliff. I want to know when it, these RV spots disappeared to the ocean. And uh, yeah, I guess this was about, not about, this was 2016 when a large chunk of that fell into the ocean. I can tell you where this stems from. And it, it's, it stems from my very first earthquake experience. And, you know, I'm a Californian. 
earthquakes, they happen. They happen frequently. But I don't ever remember an earthquake before the age of 12, 11, maybe. And it was a, I believe it was in October. It was a school day. <clears throat> I think I was, I think I was in the sixth grade. So however old you are in the sixth grade. It's a regular ass day, school day. My school was about three, four blocks away from my house. So less than a 10 minute walk. And so I'm walking um, west on my street, Lime Street in Monrovia. And I get to the very next corner because I lived on one corner on the next corner. And on the next corner, there was kind of a rowdy house as I would explain it. There's a rowdy family lived at the house. <clears throat> and at seven... 45 walking by this house a window shatters right behind me. i walk then the window shatters i kid you not i didn't think anything of it because of the occupants in the house i pop ships another morning and then from behind me okay so like this is me and i'm walking this way From behind me and under me, the the entire motherfucking world goes like this. Like a concrete wave underneath me. Like, and I'm standing on it right here. All right, dude, like a fucking movie. As I'm already, my eyes are already in the direction that this shock wave is moving. Okay. And I see, as I'm looking forward, the entire earth go. The entire street. Shock wave. And... My whole equilibrium was like off and I ran home, which was exactly one block away on the next corner. I run into the house in the doorway. My brother's sitting there in his tidy whities He's got Cheerios stuck everywhere, milk and Cheerios. And then all the pictures in my mom and dad's house that were on this little ledge thing, they were on the ground. 
glass everywhere. <coughs> okay, whatever. Earthquake. Oh, but see, here's where the problem was. The problem was the visual for me, okay? I'm a visual person. And when I saw the the earth, the earth moving, I like like if you took a rug and went like that and, and captured it in slow motion and watched it back, Tao realized how small I am on this planet. Okay. And so that that earthquake was the witty it was called the Whittier Narrows earthquake. And uh the, the epicenter wasn't too far from us. And let's just say that I was I slept under a table. I slept under the kitchen table for about four days. Um, yeah, and so that day, all right, this has to do with my sensitivity, all right, in a lot of ways. But throughout that day, I was traumatized. I, I remember I, I was traumatized. I, I can't explain it any more than that. I was fucking 11 or 12 and traumatized from this earthquake. And I'm sitting on the couch, the recliner. Like, I'm in the recliner. I'm like, the whole day, like, what the fuck just happened? And then my, my nose starts to bleed. Okay, this is a couple hours after the, the main earthquake. Then blood starts running down my face. And then within seconds, big old fucking aftershock. Big ass one. Okay, whatever. That's coincidence, I'm thinking. No, I'm not even thinking anything of it. And then however much time later... I, I, I'm devastated in this recliner. I'm not moving. I'm so, I don't know what it was. Why? Sitting in this recliner still. You have blood running down my face again. And within seconds, another tremor. This probably happened five times in the day. Uh, since... Then, and it took a it took a long while, where I'm not so freaked out from the earthquakes anymore. Okay, okay, whatever. But I watch shows about tectonic plates, and I watch shows about the the ring of fire, and I watch shows about erosion. And then where I'm at physically is eroding. <laughs> and then I start getting into it and looking at the pictures. And the goddamn 
over like bird's eye view of this where I am. I'm looking and I am literally in the closest spot to the edge of the cliff. God, I'm a fucking baby. Holy shit. So, yeah, beautiful place at nighttime when my lady was sleeping like a baby. I'm feeling like I'm feeling movement in the RV. And I was. It was wind, beach, all that. But anyways, so now you know I'm a big fucking pussy. When it comes to earthquakes and shit. Um, but like I said, I've gotten a little better. But yeah, being in California, um, you don't get used to that shit. You can be a fucking wreck. Uh, I've been some... I've actually been in some pretty crazy places when, when earthquakes happen. Um, so... The Northridge earthquake, which was in 1994, I believe, January 16th. And I'm going to look that up because, see, okay, just, just bear with me. Northridge earthquake. I'm just on my phone looking at this really quick, okay? I want to see if I still have some memory left. Ridge. Earthquake. Nineteen ninety four. Let's see. Ah, it was January seventeenth, not sixteenth. Close, but no cigar. But whatever. Ah. Okay, here's my logic on the date. January 16th, 1994, I went to a uh, Anaheim Mighty Ducks game with my old man. That, okay. And then as soon as I got home, I left late, late at night. I left to go drive up the mountain and go camping. And so overnight at looks like 4.30 in the morning, that's when the shaking started. So anyways, that's my logic. I was wrong, but what the hell. So I'm literally at, you know, I'm on top of a mountain at this point in a tent. And uh, like I said, at 4.30 in the morning, it starts shaking. And uh, it doesn't look like it was the biggest earthquake, but it lasted, it says look, 10 to 20 seconds. I mean, 10 to 20, that's like... You're doubling the time. So I'm just going to call it fucking 20. Because it felt like 20. Because a lot of times it seems like when an earthquake happens, be shaking. It's probably shaking for a second while you're asleep. And then you realize it. <clears throat> this seemed like 
after I woke up from the shaking, it was just still like shaking, shaking, and shaking, and shaking. Okay. So that one was wild because if you're in a house and there's an earthquake, it's like you hear the creaking of the house and things moving about and shaking, creaking. On top of the mountain, you hear anything, nothing. It's just shaking. You're not in a house, you're in a tent. And so there's no creaking. There's just shaking. <clears throat> so you don't know. You just don't know. Um, like, oh, that wasn't, there was a lot of shaking, but it wasn't that bad. Well, if you're on top of the mountain, like here, there's nothing that's going to fall on top of you. Nothing. Everything's going to fall down. Everything's going to fall down. So I'm here while this is happening. So now it's time. We're just doing an overnight thing. Now it's time to go home at, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. So we're driving down. This is Angeles Crest Highway, Highway 2, and, uh, mountains in Los Angeles area. And you're driving a little Honda Civic at the time, like a little 1980 Honda Civic. Honda Accord, my bad. And then I'm noticing like, it was a lot of rocks on the road. And like, oh shit, yeah, it was an earthquake last night. And then we get to a point where there was a rock literally the size of a Volkswagen in the middle of the highway. Middle of the highway. And so lucky with this little car, able to go around it safely. And then it was at that point that I was like, I had turned the radio on because I wanted it. And what do you know? The Northridge earthquake, they call it a, Oh, oh, moment magnitude 6.7, blind thrust earthquake. Um, a chunk of the five, I believe it was the five freeway interchange to the 118 up there in San Fernando, which I've had to access tons of times. The whole freeway fell down. And I believe there was a CHP officer riding on it at the time that that happened. So fuck, dude. But yeah, so that was, uh, I've been on the baseball field a few times um, in the summertime when an earthquake happened uh, for, for practice. That was a pretty crazy sensation because, yeah, it was another one where you didn't hear anything rather than feel something. And so, uh, anyways, yeah, so uh, earthquakes screw with me. And uh, I watch too much, I watch way too much YouTube on uh, 
seismic activity and shit. So that whole paranoid thing was, I've made myself that way. Ah. <clears throat> well, needless to say, it didn't fall down. And uh, I'm going to have to avoid going there and sleeping like that because fuck, dude. I didn't get any sleep. So, yeah, that's that. Um, that concluded my big weekend. We got back yesterday, and um, the old motorhome held up like a champ. And uh, look, if you've ever been in a motorhome, kind of cool. It's kind of not cool. The fucking toilet? Come on, man. That needs some better design, let me tell you. Like, your feet are touching the ground with tiptoes like you're a child. <laughs> there ain't no way to take dump. FYI, no way. You got to have a working generator. You got to. So... We just got this thing from my lady's grandpa, and uh, we fixed it as much as we could in the two weeks that we had it. And luckily, we had a had a RV spot with electrical and water hookups, so everything works when you got the hookups. But you need a generator for when you're rolling about and want to keep that refrigerator cold and stuff like that. So, um. The learning curve, and uh, there's a lot to, to, to know about with an RV. Um, lucky for me, had a little experience growing up with uh, recreational vehicles, so um, a lot of the same stuff applies. Um, and yeah, overall, it was an amazing trip. We left at the perfect time to and from there and not have to sit in traffic for hours and hours in uh between all the roadways and freeways and shit and that's that great weekend i thought i'd share um will clark's numbers retired a momentous occasion as my mom put it, once in a lifetime experience. And uh, yeah, I'm really, really glad I was able to uh, make that happen. Uh, boy, I would have really been bummed to have missed it. And uh, well, I didn't. It was an experience of a lifetime. Um, there were people I wish could have been there that couldn't be. So it was nice to kind of represent the little squadron of people I know um, that are part of the Will Clark Coalition, as I just now named it. And uh, the support for Will Clark at the stadium that day was like, wow, dude, I, you could see it on his face that he felt, he felt the love as he deserves, you know, uh, 
it was mentioned in the buildup uh, to his introduction. His his time there, they took the club from being really bad in the sixties and seventies to getting the getting the wheels rolling for the championship ways that were to come. Um, I guess it was 2010, 12, and 14 for the Giants. So, uh, you know, it's nice that they attribute some of that uh, success to Will Clark, um, even though he wasn't on the field at the time. But like I said, having somebody around the clubhouse like Will Clark, who's such a baseball guy, that has to rub off on the players. It absolutely has to. So uh, the Giants, uh, the future Giants, the current Giants, they're all very lucky to uh, to have the thrill be around to share his experiences and uh, his mentality. You know, they talk about the Mamba mentality. Will Clark has a mentality. A mentality that uh, that rubs off on people. You know what I'm saying? Like he gets you involved in. Uh, he's always been that person with no filter that makes a team better. So congratulations to Will Clark for your number being retired, and it's cool being here on No Filter to have access to a person like that. And Will Clark is just a really cool, normal guy. We're going to leave it at that. If you watched, I appreciate you watching The Bill Collector. And uh, we'll see you next time, next Wednesday. Have a good one. Take it easy, guys.